God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the, to the Tribe of, of Christians, Christians broadcast, broadcast either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, The Chief Sinner. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Brandon Dawson. I have a major prophetic warning for the United States and several new words to share concerning the recent trends of the vandalism and the pulling down of our nation's historical monuments and statues. I'm also going to share two new alarming visions the Lord revealed to me concerning the nation's history and our future. We're going to be getting into several passages of scriptures in which the Lord has shown me in connection to the significant prophetic warning for the nation. Now we're going to take a look at Exodus chapter 20, 22 through 26. And in Exodus chapter 20 is where we find the Ten Commandments that were given to the Israelites through Moses, which they were kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Now the very first commandment, the first law that God decreed is recorded right here in verse 3 through 6 concerning idolatry. And what's even more significant about this is what the Lord says, the pretext before the commandments recorded in verses 1 and 2. The Lord makes a very important, very significant emphasis to remind Israel of their oppression and slavery in Egypt. And God spoke all these words I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. This is extremely significant to understand because we know that in the beginning, when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, the human race became separated from eternal life from God and then became condemned to death both spiritually and physically. Now, in my last message concerning the revelation of the pattern of the four horsemen occurring in the United States, I revealed how the worship of government. And the worship of liberalism is leading our nation into idolatry, which has brought judgment upon the nation. And the events of Genesis concerning Joseph and the sons of Jacob that led the enslavement of Israel and Egypt, Jacob and his sons have fled to Egypt to escape a famine. Now, famine is a sign of divine judgment on the land against idolatry governments. They existed in every single generation from Abraham through Jacob due to the evil lawlessness and the sin of the Canaanites. There was a famine in Abraham's time, and then there was a famine in Isaac's time. But you'll notice the difference between Isaac and his father Abraham. Isaac was obedient, and he stayed put in the land during the famine, and God provided for him and blessed him because of it. Where Abraham and other indifference had fled to Egypt, 
And the plague began to strike Pharaoh in Egypt because Pharaoh had taken Sarah, Abraham's wife. So when the famine hit during Jacob's time, he and his sons fled to Egypt for rescue and for food. It was God's purpose and plan to save them through Joseph. So it was indeed a part of his plan. However, where they went wrong was they never left Egypt. Instead of returning home, they became reliant upon Egypt, which ended up in their enslavement and their severe oppression. Now remember, Egypt did not worship God. They worshiped Pharaoh and the false gods, the false gods of Baal. Their systems of idolatry began to influence and play a serious consequence on the Jewish people. So in Exodus 20 verses 2 and 3, God reminds the people of Israel concerning their slavery in Egypt. And the first commandment addresses idolatry, which influences oppression and slavery. It is by the word of God and through the spirit of God where there is freedom, the setting free of sin and from oppression. So Exodus 20 verses 3 through 6, the word tells us, You shall not have any other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth below or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now we are seeing the very judgments of God manifesting in our nation because of our disobedience and our idolatry against God because of the worship of government and of liberalism. As I revealed in our last message, we are seeing a divine order of judgments taking place that are patterned off of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Plagues, famine, which is also economic downfall, civil unrest, and the remaining would-be war. Each of these occurring backwards in order as they happened and are, we are seeing all of them happening right now, all in a matter of just two to three months. And so now we are seeing a trend right now concerning our monuments and our historical statues being pulled down and vandalized. To some of these, these monuments represent history, and to others, it represents ties to slavery. The way I see it, whether the statue is in good faith or not, whether it's historical or offensive, Rather justified to remove it or not, the Bible is never wrong. These things can still represent idols in a idolatry system. And when you walk around D.C. in the capital of the nation, you'll see thousands of carved images, many of them patterned even after the Roman gods in Greek mythology. We've seen the Statue of Liberty in New York City. It's made of the Greek-Roman goddess Libertas, who represents freedom. Now, I'm not saying that it is necessarily right what these people are doing, pulling down our historical monuments. And in many cases, these monuments serve as a critical reminder of a brutal past that we dare not to repeat. However, the Bible is very clear on idols and statues and images. When the Israelites conquered Canaan through the conquest of Joshua, and even when King David was appointed to the throne over Israel, and established Jerusalem as the capital, Israel did not put up any statues or idols of themselves up anywhere. It was later when Israel began to put up idols when God began to decree these judgments over the nation, which were fulfilled in the times of the prophet Jeremiah and the prophet Daniel. 
So today we are seeing the same judgments being beginning to manifest over our nation, which these same events occurred over Israel before the conquest of Babylon. That the Lord is speaking something greater beyond Republican or Democratic political parties. Is it possible that perhaps that through these acts of vandalism and the bringing down of our monuments, the Lord is speaking a warning to our nation, both Republican and Democratic, to turn away from our idolatry and to turn to Him? In Joshua chapter 5, the nation gets ready to cross over the Jordan and prepares for their conquest to Canaan. In preparation, the Lord commanded them to be circumcised and to consecrate their hearts. And at that time, an angel of the Lord appears before Joshua, and it's found in verses 13 through 15. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now that's also in reference to Moses. When the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and the first thing that he had Moses do was to pull off his sandals. Now, the greatest revelation about this passage of Scripture is that when Joshua asked the angel if he was for them or against them, the angel tells them, neither. And that's extremely significant because the Lord is sovereignly God and God alone. There is no other. There is no other name that saves. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. His throne is magnified above all others. And in heaven, there is no hierarchy system. The Lord God is the only leader of heaven. So when we honor people in or statues more than when we honor God, we've committed idolatry. And when we honor government more than God, we are guilty of idolatry. And when we honor our offensiveness more than God, such as those who are being offended by these monuments, we are also guilty of idolatry. If we have failed to do anything less than love the Lord our God, then we are guilty of idolatry. God is simply revealing to both sides that man is simply man, a created being. No one thing or creature can compare to the infinite divinity of the one and only true Lord God. So if our eyes were upon him, then there's no offense or past that could ever compare to the love of Christ. And if our eyes were upon him, no statue can ever compare to his honor or glory. Rather we raise them up or take them down, nothing should ever be magnified more than Jesus. Regardless of whichever side you represent, God should always be first. And right now, there are some on the right side of the political spectrum that honor the Constitution and the nation more than they honor God. And there are some in the far right side of the political spectrum that have placed the Constitution of the United States in a much higher accord than the Ten Commandments or the Word of God, and they patriotically worship this nation. Now, on the other hand, there are some on the left side of the spectrum that honor liberalism, socialism, and government more than they do God. Now, there are some in the far left side of the political spectrum 
that have voted for representatives who are actively against the word of God. Some of them are homosexuals. Others are anarchists and socialists, and many of them supporting and enacting anti-biblical laws over this nation, all in the name of equality, socialism, and freedom. So both sides are guilty of idolatry, both of them. And as God told Joshua, God is neither for nor against the United States, and he is neither for or against a certain political party in the United States. God is God. He is sovereign. He is for himself. But he blesses those who are obedient. He blesses those who operate in faith and entrust in him. And he also curses those who go against him and his word. About one month ago, I had two very distinctive and very symbolic visions. Now, in the first one, I was standing in a room and I was observing a clock. And as I watched the clock, the hour and the minute hands began to slow down and they came to a stop. Next, they began to rotate counterclockwise and move backwards. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I literally wiped my eyes. I blinked several times, but the hands continued to move backwards. And then the second vision I had, about five minutes after that one, I turned and I saw the earth on the wall. And as I looked at the earth, it was spinning and it began to slow down until it stopped, just like in the first vision. And then once it stopped, it began to spin in the opposite direction. Again, I was absolutely amazed and it was unbelievable. And this lasted for a period of about five minutes and it was gone. Now, at that time, I didn't understand what it meant until recent events began to unfold concerning the civil unrest in our nation. And when people began vandalizing our monuments and tearing them down, it became very clear and very present to me not only why these events are unfolding, but more importantly, the severe warning the Lord is trying to speak to us. Now, the Bible warns us in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, of the evils of the regression of sin, specifically sin tied into the world and government systems. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, which tells us, If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. Now, the Lord is telling us that our nation is regressing regressing into sin, and in doing so, we are going to find ourselves repeating the deadly events of our past, not only through world wars, but also through the Civil War and in slavery. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1, 22-24, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and then after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it 
not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, what's important isn't so much the monuments in themselves, but rather what they represent. And it's important to remember who we are as a nation, where we came from as a people from all around the world, and what we represent and stood for. This nation, the United States, consisted of people groups from all over the world, fleeing from religious persecution in pursuit to live out the Word of God for their lives according to the Bible, and to be a light on the hill. This nation was founded upon biblical principles and representing the kingdom of God. This nation believed in the sovereignty of God. They fought against government tyranny. The people of this nation have sacrificed their very lives for not only the freedom and the equality of people in this nation, but also for the gospel message. The United States has sent out more missionaries and have supported the gospel message more than any other nation on the face of the earth. We have printed more Bibles than any other nation. We have built more churches than any other nation. And more importantly, the United States has supported the nation of Israel more than any other nation. In fact, I was given a very dear, deep prophetical revelation from the Lord concerning the creation in the purpose of the United States and its relation to Israel. In this word, it's called the foreigner, and it's given, it was given directly to me from the Lord in the Father's perspective. So I'm going to read that word. That word reads, Is it not the sun who gives the moon its light and shines in the night? Though the moon turns dark and the sun is still shining, so shall it be my word that goes out from my mouth. You see through a light that is not your own, like a shadow that is cast. Like before the rain, it is taken from somewhere else. Like the fruit that is lifted from the ground but is not despised. From the ground you were taken, from the ground I came. I hear another language that is not my own, but yet I understand it. Does not the same rain that waters your land also water the others? It causes every tree to grow. Were not all men born the same way? The ground in which you were taken is the same ground in which all are taken from. From the earth came all living things. Does not the whole earth belong to me, therefore not all ground consecrated? You have accepted the foreigner who lives among you, but you have made a foreigner from the one who came from you. So from the foreigner I will speak. My mountain glory cannot be broken, it cannot be bought, but I have broken you and I have bought you. You will find me from among your neighbors, you will find me from among your enemies, and when you search for me, since I have already come to you, though I speak the words that I gave to you, you do not understand it as if it were a foreign language. So turn your ear to the one whom speaks, if you can understand them. From your neighbor I have fed you, from your neighbor I have clothed you, and from them I have established and protected you. And now they turn to accept the one who was not their own, but from them I have made my own. I am the orphan whom you orphan, but the Father I have orphaned you. Through the Son that you bore but have rejected is the King, through the rejected that has reborn you. Though they are blind, they have seen. Though they are deaf, they have heard. And that word is called the foreigner. And when you get a chance and you get some time, you can look it up on our website under the prophetic section. 
and also on our social media pages. So Israel rejected Jesus, and they treated him as a foreigner rather than one of their own. So therefore, God rejected Israel, and he scattered them throughout the entire world for them to live as foreigners in other nations because of their idolatry, just as he said they would. So God is very poetic, and he does things through divine wisdom that is so unfathomable. So then many years later, many years later, the Lord God took immigrants. He took the poor. He took the oppressed. He took the rejected and the persecuted from all over the world. And he formed one nation out of them, and he called it the United States of America. And it was through these foreigners, through these rejected people, through immigrants, through the poor and the oppressed, the Lord God reformed the nation of Israel by the United States. It is so poetic and is such a perfectly divinely executed plan and purpose. You can't mistake that for anything else. And the reason this nation is not named in the Bible is because not only does it represent the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, but also because this nation does not represent one person or one nation. It represents many nations and many people. And it was President Harry Truman, who not only was the first president, but also this was the first nation to recognize the sovereignty of Israel as a nation. And they also gave the finances and the loans for Israel to rebuild. And so when Jesus was standing and he was in that place facing Jerusalem, knowing what would come of the nation, he spoke this in reference in which I believe directly and specifically is concerning the United States. Many people say that the United States isn't in the Bible, but it is. It's right there in Matthew 21:43. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who produce its fruit. Again, as I mentioned, the United States isn't specifically named in the Bible because we are many people. So this nation is not Babylon. It's not the reformed Roman Empire. Although there are many parallels and similarities, this nation is many nations and many people whom God has used and blessed to reform Israel and to bless not only Israel, but the entire world to represent his kingdom during this time. So this nation represents the kingdom of God. It represents the gospel message. However, this nation has forgotten that. We have forgotten the blessings of freedom. We have forgotten the blessings of the saving grace through the cross of Jesus. We have forgotten where we have came from. And we've abandoned the blesser for the blessings. And we've thrown out his word, and we have thrown out prayer. We have thrown out anything that represents Christ in this nation. And we've traded it for idols. The very prophetic warnings prophesied about by Paul concerning the end times. In Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 32. Listen to what Paul says. Look how alarmingly similar these events seem to fit the times and the actions in which we are specifically experiencing right now as a nation. Listen to this, Romans 1, 26-32. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women ex- exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men 
with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty from the error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do the things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are worshipers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve who practices them. That last verse literally describes specifically what we are experiencing right now as a nation. Those who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Filled with all of the unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. I had to reread that again. Because if this does not convict you to the core of your heart and bring forth remorse, I don't know what will. Because as a nation, we are guilty of every single one of these things. And as a people, a nation who bears the fruit of Christ, and we bear the anointing and the blessing of his kingdom, we know better. But yet we're not turning away from these things. Now look at what Paul also says in 2 Thessalonians. In chapter 2, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that they serve the lie. And in all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. And for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. We have based extreme LGBTQ legislature, we have put things into law concerning gay marriage and transgender sex changes. Look at what the Supreme Court just ruled out concerning the LGBTQ. Concerning the workforce protections against sex discrimination, the Supreme Court Redefine the definition of the biological sex to a feeling and a self-identification rather than the biology makeup and where the Bible defines it as male and female created in the image of God. Our Constitution was written in accordance with biblical principles and laws. Those freedoms were designed and they were found through the Bible, not outside of that context, because it is through God that all human life is created and it finds its purpose. And look at what majority of the East Coast states have done last year in 2019, starting with New York. They passed legislature 
all in the name of equality and women's equality and reproductive rights, allowing for late-term abortion, for the abortion of a baby in the ninth month of pregnancy, all the way up to its birth date or its due date. All of these things are being massively persuaded through the laws and through the illusions, the lie, right through our very own media, using our very own freedoms of the First Amendment rights against ourselves to put forth evil agendas. Now, the Bill of Rights reflects the Christian heritage of our nation, the idea of human dignity that we are created in the image of God forms the theological basis for human equality and core principle of liberty. The fundamental basis of religious freedoms and human nature secures our right and limits government. There is a higher authority than civil authority. The Declaration of Independence recognizes God the creator, and there is a supreme judge, divine providence, from whom we receive certain inalienable rights to the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. The moral teachings of the Bible establish the common standards of right and wrong required in ourselves and in government to guide private and public life. The rights and responsibilities of citizenship are learned in the primary institutions of civil society the family, church, and the community to teach virtue, to shape character and form productive and upright individuals of these things in which we were given, they were given to us from God, are being used for sinful and evil purposes. All of these things are happening right before our eyes. God is doing exactly what he said he would do. Prophecy is being fulfilled exactly as it was promised it would. We are being given over to these things because we as a nation have traded the truth of the word of God for a lie, for the idolatry of government system. I don't think the church realizes what they have done. I don't think pastors realize the severity of what we are in right now. Knowing the word of God, coming from a nation that represents the kingdom of God, and yet we have turned our back to idolatry and we turn away from God, and we have been silent. And at this point, people, there is no person or thing, no political leader or government, no president or representative, not even the church in itself, has the power to turn this nation back to God. Only God can do that through Christ and through the Word of God. We have to turn away from our sin. We have to forsake our idolatry systems including our religious systems in the church. And we have to get down and get real about the sins that are taking place in our nation and in our lives and turn away from it. You're not going to see the power of God. The most desperate revival will not occur until you get out of your churches. You get out of your comfortable buildings. You get out of your traditions, your routines. You get outside. You plant your face to the ground and you repent. Turn away from sin. Stop doing it. And maybe we will see, maybe then we will see the power of God heal our nation and our churches. If you're a pastor listening to this, I plead and I encourage you to abandon everything you know about conducting your worship services. Move your services outside into the parking lots and into the streets. Get away from the microphones and the altars and just preach the gospel message. Open up the platform for the truth and call for repentance 
George Whitfield, the man who was accredited for starting the great awakenings and the revivals prior to the Revolutionary War. He preached from tree stumps and fields because the churches refused to let him in and preach his message in their congregations. Get outside and just preach the truth. Get real. If you're a believer, a Christian, and you want to know what you can do, put it out there on Facebook and on social media that you're holding a revival meeting in your front yard or in your backyard. I don't care where it's at. Put it right there in your front yard, your driveway, whatever you can do, or even on a tailgate out of your car in a parking lot somewhere. Invite anyone and everyone you can and just preach the gospel message, the saving power of Jesus Christ, the realness of sin and pray for people. And if you're new and you don't know Christ, the Bible says that all those who confess that they are a sinner and they believe in the Lord Jesus will be saved. Put your life in the hands of Christ and choose to live according to how Christ and the Word of God has called us to live. Put your faith in Him through every single choice you make. Choose Christ when you speak to others. Choose Christ when you, when other people offend you. Choose Christ when it comes time to vote and get plugged into your local community churches and serve the body of Christ. It's not hopeless. We're not lost. And as long as we have Jesus, as long as there is still daylight out there, we have time to preach the truth, to speak the truth and the gospel message. We have time to turn away from our sins and there is still a chance of revival. But we have to get serious and we gotta get doing it now. Even Jonah and Nineveh, God gave them 40 days to repent or they would be destroyed. And in 40 days, an entire city, an entire nation right there in Nineveh, Assyria, was saved for 20 years, revival broke out. So it is not hopeless, we're not lost. And if we have just a tiny ounce of faith and we're willing, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins and for forgiving us. Lord, we pray over our nation, over your church and over the lost. We pray that there would be a rise in preaching of your gospel message that there would be a boldness and courage that there would that we would speak and preach the truth about sin and i pray that there will be others who will listen and turn from their ways lord god may you rise up raise up people and pastors and churches who are unashamed and unafraid to get out of conventional contemporary preaching and will go into the streets and into the fields and find people wherever they are Whoever, whoever are willing to hear and accept your message to the parking lots, to the streets, and just preach your word. May you send forth your spirit and may our nation please turn back to you that we may be healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you can find more great teachings just like this one on our website at tribeofchristians.com. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast to help spread the gospel message and also to get future updates on our teachings. 
Now this concludes this episode's podcast. I am the chief sinner with the tribe of Christians. And may God bless you and continue to be with you always.